2: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. I'm also a mom of two wonderful kids who are listening back home. So before we go any further, I want to say hi to Riley and hi to Marissa. Thanks for listening this morning. And I want to thank all of you for listening this morning. We have a great show planned, and it's a very timely topic as we're now entering the thick of cold and flu season. Today's topic is immune-boosting foods and supplements. And in studio with me this morning to share our secrets to great health is Kate Crosby. Kate is our newest nutrition counselor. I can't claim that anymore. I used to always say, don't ask (laughs) me. I'm the new girl. Not anymore. Kate's our newest. She is seeing clients out of our new Lakeville office, but she's had ties with us for many years. So she's seen clients. She's also one of our great teachers. And with that, I'm just going to say welcome, Kate, and let you tell us what you're doing these days.
1: Good morning, Cassie, and good morning, listeners. I'm glad to be here this morning. Well, Cassie, right now I'm... um teaching a weight and wellness series in Lakeville. That's where our new office is in the Green Lotus Yoga and Healing Center.
2: I hear it's awesome down it there. It is I'm beautiful, jealous. wonderful.
1: Uh, it's wonderful to be mm. in the presence of so many um, health-minded professionals.
2: Yes, exactly. We have acupuncturists. Keeps you on track.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that's right. There's an acupuncturist there. Uh, naturopath, many different massage therapist modalities, estheticians, and, of course, the yoga, which is, um, you know, key to the whole center. Yes. Wonderful. Yep. So I'm teaching there, doing individual counseling there. But let's get back to the topic. Yeah.
2: For the remainder of the hour, I hope each of you listening really keeps an ear glued to your radio because we're going to give you some top-rate information that just might be life-changing for many of you. And let's start this conversation by talking about the power that comes with eating real food in balance.
1: Well... Many of our seasoned listeners know what real food is. But for any of you out there and uh, who are new to Dishing Up Nutrition, let's, let me just clarify a bit. So real protein would be like a chicken breast that you've cooked on the grill or possibly a whole chicken that you cooked in your crock pot, crock pot but not chicken McNuggets. Not
2: really. 40, no. 40 ingredients there. Yeah. That's not real.
1: Not a lot of chicken in there. No. Real fat, that'd be something like olive oil or my favorite delicious organic butter, but not the highly processed corn oil or soybean oils. And, of course, vegetables and fruits, fresh or frozen, are really some of the best real choices you can make in the area of carbohydrates.
2: So are you saying that whole grain bread and the high fiber breakfast cereal is not a good carbohydrate choice?
1: You know, I know you're being facetious, Cassie, but really we do get that question we a do, lot. a lot. And unfortunately, the old version of the food guide pyramid, coupled with the low-fat craze that's brainwashed so many of us, has really given us the wrong message. Grains, even whole grains, turn to sugar in your body much more readily than do the natural vegetables and fruits that our bodies really were meant to consume.
2: Right. So, you know... Let's get back to that mantra of eating real foods in balance. And, Kate, I know for you and I that word balance is a no-brainer, but I think we need to let listeners know what we mean by that word.
1: So when we say balance, we mean eating in a way that will balance your blood sugar. And basically that means that every time you stop to eat, whether it's a snack or a meal, you have some animal protein, some healthy fat, and a healthy carbohydrate. And, you know, actually, if you do this every three hours, you might just be amazed at how much better you feel just because you have balanced your blood sugars.
2: It is amazing, isn't it? And by eating an animal protein, a healthy fat, and a healthy carbohydrate every three hours, you are keeping your little army of white blood cells ready and alert to attack bacteria and viruses that, guaranteed, you are going to come into contact with this winter.
1: That's right. And here's the proof, Cassie. Research from the nineteen from nineteen seventy three in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition states that phagocyte activity is reduced by fifty percent for five hours following eating that high sugar food.
2: So let me decode that research <clears throat> Kate yeah. just read. Please. Right. So phagocytes? phagocytes, big word, right? Might might help you out in scrabble, but Um, Phagocytes are the part of our white blood cells that go out and attack bacteria and viruses. I think of them as the little Pac-Man in your bloodstream whose job it is to gobble up the bad bacteria or the cold or the flu virus that we might come into contact with on any given day. So what this research is saying is that you slow these little Pac-Man of yours down to a crawl for five hours after a high-sugar or a high-carbohydrate meal or snack.
1: Whoa. So basically— Most of us are walking around all day with white blood cells that aren't moving very fast enough to gobble up those bad germs. Hmm. I mean, really, Cassie, if you think about it, if you grab a bagel for breakfast, which many, many of us do. sugar. Yeah. And at lunch, you have that big dish of some pasta, more Mm -hmm. sugar, as you say. And then dinner consists of a little meat and lots of potatoes and peas and bread. All of that's turning to sugar. And you've almost paralyzed your phagocytes, those killer white blood cells, for an entire day.
2: Right, right. Now, don't get the wrong picture. Kate and I aren't eating like this. But when she says most of us, isn't this pretty typical American eating? And I can say I was eating like this until I found Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, and think about what our kids are eating in this country. I know a lot of moms that start their kids off with a bowl of cold cereal, pour some skim milk on that, and then maybe some toast and a glass of juice on the side. And I've had moms tell me they need to do this because it's so hectic in the morning trying to get the kids off to school, and they want a breakfast that the kids can assemble on their own.
1: Well, I know that those are important things, you know, trying to keep down the chaos and, and get your kids to be independent, but... Probably not a good enough reason to let them eat cold cereal, toast, and juice, or anyone for that matter. Because you know a breakfast like that, and Cassie, you know this, but yeah. our listeners need to hear this: a breakfast of cold cereal, toast, and juice like that turns to about twenty-eight teaspoons of sugar in the bloodstream relatively fast. You D- go measure that out. Exactly. It's pretty oh, amazing. It's disgusting,
2: or just even imagine spooning. 28 teaspoons of sugar down your child's throat in the morning. You would never do that. If you need a quick and tasty breakfast for the kids for school days, do stay with us because we're going to be talking about our infamous protein smoothie recipe before the end of the hour. So if you haven't heard that one yet, stay with us because it's delicious. It packs a punch in terms of how it boosts your immune system as well.
1: And it's easy, easy to do. Very easy. Well, it's not just breakfast where kids have been wronged either Um, Did you ever stop to think if kids weren't constantly eating those snack foods that come in a bag or a box, and instead they were eating real foods like meats or fresh fruits and vegetables, that maybe they wouldn't need to to, um, get the flu shot or could simply let their natural immune system do its own job?
2: My thoughts exactly. And personally, I don't have my kids or anyone in my family get the flu shot but we're not eating a lot of processed foods either. And so my kids' immune systems are able to operate at top speed. This conversation is reminding me of a week or two ago when the kids and I were in Target. And this really relates. So I have to tell this story. We were heading over to the dark chocolate. And if you know Target, mm-hmm. you know you got to get past the candy aisle to get to the dark chocolate. And there was a mom with her two young, you know, elementary age kids in the candy aisle. And the kids kept saying, Mom, Mom, can we have this? And then it was, Mom, Mom, can we have that? And she kept saying no. And finally she said no a little sterner, and she said, Remember, I bought you those, and I'm not going to say a brand name, but it was a cereal bar, and she said, I bought you those cereal bars, X brand, and we're going to put that in your lunch bags for something healthy. We're not buying candy. <laughs> well, I knew what the ingredients were of those cereal bars, and I had that moment where I argued with myself. I wanted to go up and tell her. Oh, um, oh. The candy is just as bad, but I thought, oh, I'd get that Don't interfere, crazy lady <laughs> yeah. look. and Yeah, it probably wasn't the most appropriate place. So anyway, I bought a brand of this, and I have it in the studio here with us today, a box of the bars that this mom had bought that day for the kids' lunch boxes. And, you know, Mm. we don't have to say a brand name because it's pretty much any cereal bar. But this cereal bar, I'm going to tell you the first five ingredients, and then Kate's going to decipher that for us. First ingredient, high-fructose corn syrup. Second ingredient, Mm. corn syrup. Third ingredient, apple puree concentrate, which to me is just the sugar out of the apple. Fourth ingredient, glycerin. And fifth ingredient, sugar.
1: Whoa. Kate, how would you summarize that? That's a lot of sugar. Five sugar ingredients to begin with. The very first five ingredients. It is basically Ah. sugar, period. But, you know, again,
2: I'd love to say the name brand. It
1: looks looks nutritious. The the marketing
2: on the box makes it look very healthy, but we have to read ingredient lists. And the bottom line is, if you want to be the healthiest you that you can be, if you want your kids to be healthy... You have to kick the sugar habit.
1: That That's a big one. Um, yeah. You know, and hopefully we've we've convinced you that too much of those processed foods, that's things like cereal, cold cereal, granola bars, crackers, chips, bread, all of those, pasta, too much of these are going to slow down your phagocytes to a crawl. Right. Those are your white blood cells. Those are your things that are protecting you. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of time, I think we need to move to another key piece of an immune-boosting diet. And that's one of my favorite topics, healthy fats.
2: Nummy, right? I love talking about the healthy fats because they're so delicious and they're good for our health, too.
1: They're great. The reasons why they are good for our health are really many. But when we're talking specifically about immune system, the biggest reason I think of is that these healthy fats are really the key component the balancing that blood sugar. Right. And I like <laughs> to tell my clients, never
2: eat a carbohydrate alone. If you do, your blood sugar rises fast. You know, even if it's a fruit or a starchy vegetable and those are healthy things, if you eat that alone, your blood sugar rises fast. But if you combine that fruit or that vegetable with a healthy fat, for example, instead of just eating the baby carrots, eat some olives with your baby carrots then that healthy fat, like the olives, basically pulls that blood sugar spike down and helps create an even keel blood sugar.
1: You know, there's another reason that these healthy fats are so important is that instead of those man-made fats, like we talked about before, the uh, soybean oil or the um, canola oil, is that these healthy fats actually make up the majority of your outer protective coating of every cell in your body. That's the cell membrane. Every cell has a cell membrane. It's made up of these healthy fats.
2: And I want my cells protected, so let's eat those healthy fats. If we have time, we're going to talk more about the healthy fats when we get back from break, but it is time for our first break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and the topic today is immune-boosting foods and supplements for anyone just joining us. Before I let you go, though, I want to leave you with this food for thought. We're just on the brink of the holiday season. If you are a person that historically engages in a lot of holiday cheer, and you know what I mean by that, right? The wine, the specialty beers, the mixed drinks, maybe it's the eggnog, all of these things that get served at a lot of the holiday parties. If you historically partake a little too heavily, you might want to rethink your habits for this holiday season if you're at all interested in staying well. And when we come back, Kate is going to share some research with you in this area. And if you have questions related to the topic for us this morning, please call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor, nutrition educator at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm here this morning with Cassie Weenus, registered dietitian. When we left for break, Cassie was mentioning that too much alcohol, as we celebrate the holidays, and of course too much alcohol at any time throughout the year, can be detrimental to your immune system. And here's the research. In a study published in Alcoholism, Clinical and Experimental Research, in June of 2008, they found that overconsumption of alcohol alerts immune regulation leading to immune deficiency and autoimmune problems. So the research goes on to say that the consequences of this overconsumption of alcohol include increased susceptibility to bacterial pneumonia, tuberculosis, and other infectious diseases. So
2: bottom line, excuse me, a little frog in my throat. If you're drinking more than three or four drinks in an evening, you will depress your immune system, and this could potentially lead to pneumonia or the flu. Not fun stuff. No. Okay, we have a collar on... Line two. Chris, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? I do, a question about sugar. I've recently
0: given up sugar, and uh, I'm still finding that I'm kind of craving. I'm wondering how dark chocolate affects it. You mentioned you were in the dark chocolate aisle.
2: (laughs) How dark is your chocolate?
0: Like 70%.
2: Okay, that to me, and I don't know, Kate can jump in if she has um, different feelings on this, but that's a different craving. I, you know, oftentimes if people tell me they're craving chocolate, I'll say, is it milk chocolate or dark chocolate? And if it's milk chocolate, well, that's a sugar craving. But you might be dealing with two separate things. Um, are you Are you saying that you're really craving the dark chocolate or you're just trying to squelch that need um, for something I'm sweet? I'm so missing it. You're missing the dark to chocolate. I have a little
0: square of dark chocolate every night, but I, I oh. went off sugar about three weeks ago, and I haven't had my little dark chocolate, and I'm just kind of missing it. I'm wondering, is it okay to still have it and still be considered off sugar? Because I've heard dark chocolate doesn't really affect your blood sugar levels as much as, like, the milk chocolates do.
2: Right. Oh, I'm all for an ounce of dark chocolate a day. That makes you happy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, 70% or, or darker, um, 70% is personally where we're at right now. Um, I think that's fine.
0: And it won't affect the blood
1: sugars?
2: You know, not to any significant extent. Okay. Shouldn't. No, no. I mean, it's, I'm sure they'd raise a little bit if we were pricking your finger and taking your blood, but no, nothing like a milk chocolate. Okay, Great question. Enjoy that dark chocolate. And we have a caller on line three. Beth, welcome to the program. You had a question for us? Hi, Beth. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi there.
0: Hi. I have a question. I heard you ladies speaking about um, snacks for kids at school. And um, I send... You know, the little bars, because I'm not sure what to send. I can't send nuts. I can't. um, It needs to be quick and easy, or else I send a little package of crackers. And I would love to have um, some healthy ideas to send with my kids
2: to school. Hmm. Okay, so you're packing, and what age are your kids? Five and eight. And you're packing snacks or lunch and snacks or... I'm just you know, they need a, a little snack for during the day. So,
0: you know, I heard you ladies talking about the you know, the yep. aisle and the, the things that you know, quick and easy things, but they're not healthy. So I'm looking for some idea that I can just some prepackaged thing or something I can make and send yep. that's quick and easy and healthy.
2: Yep. Do you wanna just hang up and listen? Certainly. Thank you okay. so much. Yep. Thanks for the call. Yep. Well, what a great question. Um yeah, you know some some good ideas for packing snacks, and I you know it gets harder, doesn't it, because of all the yep. nut allergies now at schools. Y- you kind of, and that's such a great and easy to pack snack. But it sounds like at Beth's school that is prohibited, as it is at many. A good one would be some baby carrots and some ranch dressing for the kids to dip it in. Um, you know, it, ranch dressings can run the gamut from yep. junky to healthy. Kind of middle of the road that our family likes is Lighthouse. Um lighthouse no m s g no trans fats, no gluten, which is a piece that we need at our household too so mm-hmm. um or certainly an Annie's dressing, which is um a great line. If you can find a good dipping dressing there, but baby carrots and dip, great one. And you can mm-hmm. buy my kids; they're more fun for my kids to eat if I buy the itty bitty snack size Absolutely. packs, yeah, because then yeah. they get their own little bag. So whatever makes it fun, we do um, a lot of beef sticks. I'll send that with my kids to preschool or to daycare for a snack. The one that I am loving right now um, is the Thousand, Thousand Hills. Hills. Mm -hmm. cattle company or Mm -hmm. cattle ranch one. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, I know you can get it either at Coburn's or at the co-ops, and my kids love them. Some days we have that for breakfast in the morning when they're sick of everything else. Yeah,
1: well, it's a quick one. It's It's, easy. And
2: and talk about, yeah, having a quick breakfast when you're trying to get out the door for work and get the kids fed, too. But, yeah, like beef sticks, and then maybe I'll send some grapes, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking... Or a
1: hard-boiled egg.
2: Hard-boiled egg, another great one. mm -hmm. Thank you. And sometimes kids... You know, I I think of my kids with eggs, and they go in streaks as to whether they like it or not. And something that they almost always will do is if I take a hard-boiled egg and dice it and put some mayonnaise in there and call it an egg dip, and then give them, you know, a a Mm whole-grain cracker or some carrots or Mm -hmm. something crunchy to go with that. Um, You know, fruits and vegetables are always a great option maybe you could do celery sticks with cream cheese and the raisin and do the little ants on the log Mm -hmm. without doing the peanut butter that you can't take into the school system Mm -hmm. i don't know does anything else
1: those are those would be mine yeah yeah.
2: some top ones and that you know you can always change up change it up a little bit in terms of which um vegetables and and the type of the dip and which Mm -hmm. fruits so you can get variety oh jicama is another one that oh, we've recently... I mean, I've been doing it for a while, one. but a fun one for the kids that they like because there's a little bit of sweetness, sweetness there. Sweetness and
1: crunch and yeah. juiciness. And it's juiciness, great. yeah, it's yeah. Great. I love that jicama. You okay. know, another another um, thought is on our website, we have a great dip. I believe it's the kid-friendly dip or something like that. With is it on cream? our website? <clears throat> I hope it is.
2: Okay, uh, check our website. I know we have it. I can see it in the file cabinet yes. if it's not there. So if you don't find it on the website, but go to weightandwellness.com, click on recipes. And I think you're right, Kate. It's called kid friendly dip. Um, it's I, I remember delicious. yogurt is one of the ingredients. But if you don't find it there, call the office. They can mail it out to you. It's in the back cabinet, which makes me think of yogurt. You know, you can always pack yogurt if your kids do dairy, you know, for a a good snack. Or a cheese stick and some apple apple. Mm -hmm. slices. Getting tongue-tied here. So what a great question. Hopefully we've given lots of moms some good ideas. Um, Let's get back for a bit to that conversation regarding the outer protective membrane of every cell in our body. When we went to break, Kate was talking about, you know, how if you eat the healthy fats, that's what makes up that outer protective coating of our cell membrane. So think a step further. If you're not eating healthy fats, if you're instead cooking with things like corn oil, which is a very processed oil, or if you're eating a lot of frozen pizza that can have trans fats in it, or microwave popcorn has a lot of junky oils typically, or if you're still eating the cheap brands of peanut butter loaded with trans fats, then you're creating damaged and weak cell membranes. And cell membranes, made up of mostly trans fats and refined oils, are weak and that allows for the allergens, the viruses, and the free radicals to enter the cells.
1: Whoa. Mm -hmm. But the upside here, though, is that if you're eating avocados or maybe olive oil and almonds and organic butter and cream, you're creating a cell membrane that's got a lot of integrity, a lot of strength. It's going to be able to keep the viruses and diseases out. And that's the beauty of eating real, healthy foods.
2: The foods our body knows what to do with, right? You and one it. of the very best fats when it comes to the topic of immune boosting is the omega-3 fats. mm mm-hmm. And you can find omega-3 oils in cold water fish. I think most people know that. But you can also find omega-3 oils in free-range eggs and in grass-fed animals. And depending on your own body and your own food likes and dislikes, you might want to supplement with some omega-3 fish oil capsules as well. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about what to look for in a capsule if you're going to do it in supplement, you know, the omega-3s in supplement form, more towards the end of the hour. But can you believe we got to take a break already, Kate? <laughs> no. Ah, I thought we just did that. Yeah. So halfway through the show already, which sadly means it's time for another commercial break. Do stay with us because when we come back, Kate has some more research. Mm-hmm. Dar's got to be loving this show, right, with all the research. <laughs> yeah. Some more research to share showing how vitamin C might just stop the big C, the big C being cancer. So stay with us, and if you want to join our conversation today, please call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071.
1: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thanks for staying with us. As Cassie mentioned just before break, we've got some research to share in regards to how vitamin C can help fight against cancer. And so this really relates to our topic today because we think of cancer as an example of an extremely compromised immune system. This research comes out of Johns Hopkins University, and it was published in 2007 in the journal called Cancer Cell. And what they found is that vitamin C appears to render a protein called hypoxia-induced factor inoperable. Well, it's important because in some cancers this protein, for short called HIF1, is what enables those cancer cells to grow even in oxygen-starved environment. So this HIF1 can also initiate the construction of new blood vessels to bring fresh oxygen to cancer cells, uh-oh, which of course yeah. allows them to grow. Faster,
2: Right. So basically, this research has shown that vitamin C and possibly some other antioxidants as well destabilizes certain cancers' ability to grow. And really, this is pretty exciting news. You know, it's been speculated for a long time that antioxidants like vitamin C help the fight against cancer. But the more details we understand in terms of exactly how these antioxidants help fight against certain cancers, the better we become equipped as nutritionists to use them therapeutically.
1: Absolutely.
2: Okay, so let's let's take a call before we get back into our discussion here today. And we have Teresa on line one. Teresa, welcome to dishing up nutrition.
0: Hi. Um I was just wondering, I seem to recently I took some DifluCan mm-hmm. for a candida, like a symptom right. stomach. Yep. But and then um just by coincidence I also like this is gonna sound so unrelated. But um, I wanted to remind myself something. I took a rubber band and I looped it between the base of my fingers. I wanted to remember something. And then it got all red between my fingers, and then it got red um, down by the base of my thumb. And now it's kind of going up my arm. And somebody said it looks like eczema, but I don't know if, you know, maybe it was a latex allergy or it was a
2: reaction from the diflucan or... So how long has that, I mean, obviously then you took the rubber band off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's been about three weeks, but now it's kind of like on my other hand, and it's on parts of my arm and my leg. So I don't know if you guys have any suggestion for how to treat something like
2: that. Has it lessened at all, or it just continues to grow and get worse? It seems to be getting a little bit worse. Is it itchy? Yeah, and it kind of almost painful, you know. And are you still on the DIFU can, or that has run its course and you're no, off I'm of it? i done with that. As of how many it's weeks?
0: It's probably been the... about three weeks since I got finished with that too.
1: What are you eating?
0: Well, I just recently found out that I have
2: um, celiac. Oh. So <laughs> okay. I cut back on that, but. That's... Okay, and so where and how long ago was your celiac diagnosis about? Uh, it was the middle of October. So about a month ago. Yeah. And then after that, the Diflucan, after the diagnosis of celiac, right? Yeah,
0: because they told me I have candida and celiac. Okay. At the same time, they told me oh. when I started the Diflucan for the candida.
2: Okay. Hmm. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know that we have to decide specifically what's causing the rash, but I'm pretty darn confident that if we just focus now on healing your gut and being really strict on keeping the gluten out, that skin's going to get better. That's just saying to me, your gut health is not well. If uh-huh. we're, you know, cruddy on the inside there in the small intestinal tract, it starts to show up in some shape or form as cruddy on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you feel like you've been pretty strict about the gluten-free?
0: Yeah, I've been really good about it.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. Did you, Do you feel like you turn to a lot of gluten-free products there for a while that then tend to be high in sugar? Because mm-hmm. sometimes that happens initially and then that can...
0: Well, they told me not to eat sugar either because of the candida, so right. I'm really good. good about the sugar,
2: Okay. Too, but. Are you doing any type of a probiotic supplement? No, that's
0: what Okay,
2: so that's what we need to do is heal the gut. So if you start on a probiotic, and we generally recommend when you first start off, do just a pure strain of bifido. So that's the name of the actual good bacteria, and that should be on the outside of the bottle, bifidobacteria. Okay. And I would do... You know, if it was our brand, it would be, I would start you off on two capsules a day. But if you know, not knowing what brand you're going to buy, let's say you want to do around three to five billion CFUs. That's how they measure good bacteria. Okay. Three to five billion before breakfast in the morning, which is probably going to be one capsule, but look on your label. And then three to five billion, somewhere in that range, before dinner in the evening. And you want to do it about 15 minutes before you eat so you get it on an empty stomach. Okay. And then the other key one for healing the gut is L-glutamine. Oh, okay. And I would do 750 milligrams Uh with each meal. Okay. And I shouldn't say with because that one's on an empty stomach too. But if you oh. could do seven hundred and fifty milligrams at the same time as your bifido in the morning, okay, and then one fifteen minutes before lunch, and then again seven hundred and fifty milligrams fifteen minutes before dinner, which is probably going to be one capsule, one capsule, one capsule. Okay. Yeah, that and that skin should just continue to get better. If it if it doesn't, uh-huh. um, you know, you might want to consider an appointment sometimes healing the gut, you know, there's a, might be a lot of different things we need to look at. Maybe there's some other food sensitivities that that need to be healed too. But that's where I would start, and I'm pretty hopeful that's going to help you clear that up.
0: Okay. All right. Can you give me the dosage on the glutamine again? 750,
2: 750 milligrams, three different times throughout the day. All right. Okay, great. Thank you. I'll try that. Thank you so yep. much. Good luck. Okay, thanks. All right, and we have... Pamela on line two. Pamela, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. Hi. You had a question for us today? I do. Um, I'm doing
3: some baking for a potluck for Thanksgiving, and I was going to make pumpkin bread, which calls for oil. And I always hear you mention canola oil is not good. And I'm wondering what you would suggest for a recipe (laughs) we don't bake.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, no. We have some answers for you.
3: Pumpkin bread as it is, but that's what I'm doing. And um, no,
2: that's a great question, Pamela. We're just kind of joking around here. I was looking at Kate because I know
3: olive oil, which is all I have, is um, well, that's going to change the flavor, of course. And I thought, well, just pick up some canola oil at the co-op, and then once again, I heard you mention canola oil not being good this morning.
2: Yep. And so if you're going to bake with a canola oil, um, go to the natural section of the grocery store or get it at the co-op and you can find what's called an expeller pressed canola oil. And basically that just means it's very minimally processed. And that's probably going to be your best bet for baking. Mm -hmm. Now, I have had a couple of clients that say they've baked with olive oil and it didn't change change the taste. I don't know. I don't know. I don't bake enough to want to well, experiment nor do,
3: nor do i and i was just thinking about that um which yep. was, in fact i asked someone at Lunds the other day as i was standing there looking at all the oils and i went back to the bakery and she said well it's going to give it a real different taste you can try it but they yeah. would recommend something more mm.
2: yeah and you don't want to ruin it if you're not baking very often so yeah i would just <laughs> stop natural section like at a cub or a colburn's yeah. Um, would have it. Usually it's a Hain brand, like if you're at Culver Coburn's
3: Hain, because that's yep. what I used to have, were Hane oils and, and um I I will I know that Lunds has it and Oh and they do too. Okay, good up. I can get it there. So
2: Good. Great All question. Right, thanks for your help. Yes. Thank you for the question. Bye-bye. Okay, we're gonna get back um just a little bit here to some good information before we have to break again. Oh, where were we, Kate? We were, Supplements. Supplements.
1: We're going to be talking about supplements yes. soon.
2: We, but... You know, let's go right into supplements a little bit here before we have to break. Um, we mentioned, you know, what we should do, though, before we do that. What? We were leaving that. Um, some people hanging, probably, oh, when we said the protein, protein smoothie. smoothie. Let's mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that can be so quick. That was a godsend for me back when I had a colicky baby in one hand that I was bouncing up and down and trying to feed a two-year-old with my other hand breakfast. At least I could be sipping on my protein smoothie. But my kids love it too. Um, You know, they think it's kind of a treat. So it can be a really quick breakfast. And basically, I mean, you can go to our website and find the recipe, but it's just four easy ingredients. You do a cup of full-fat plain yogurt, a cup of fruit, fresh or frozen, a scoop of a high-quality whey protein powder. know, don't do the soy, don't do the rice. We're looking for a whey protein powder. And then a quarter cup of coconut milk. That's your healthy fat that's really going to help stabilize that blood sugar. And you just throw that all in the blender. You know, I don't know, it maybe takes me five minutes from start to finish. And depending on the age of your kids, we just have this easy little bullet blender. I could easily see, you know, an eight-year-old making their own Mm -hmm. smoothie in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really delicious one. If you didn't get a chance to write it down as I was talking, you can go to our website at weightandwellness.com, click on Recipes, and I think it's under Protein Shake. We call it a smoothie at our house because the name just sounds more fun, but click on Protein Shake, and you can just print that right off.
1: You know, another Uh, great part about that recipe um, is that it contains whey protein powder, and research is telling us that whey protein is actually antiviral, antibacterial, and it's a great antioxidant. So Isn't that you something? Go, you I know? remember
2: the first time Dar had dug up that research, and the first time I read that, I thought, well, great, because I mm-hmm. love my smoothie. Another great reason to be drinking it. Absolutely. You know, and that could be a quick lunch, too, um, if you get caught sometimes and don't have any leftovers to pack for lunch. You could mix one of those up and, and take it to the office. Well, it is time for our final break, but do stay with us. When we come back, we have a couple of great classes we want to tell you about that can really take you into the holiday season in a good place because we know there's going to be lots of treats and things calling our name. So stay tuned to hear more about these classes.
1: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I just want to uh, mention a couple of classes that we've got coming up. That will help boost that metabolism, get you all set for the holidays, um, and also boost your immunity. One is this Tuesday, Jumpstart Your Metabolism. That's in our St. Paul office. And the following Monday, the 29th, we have the same class, but offered in Invergrove Heights. And a class for young adults, um, Saturday, November 27th, in Lakeville. So
2: sign up. If you want to you know, find out more, go to our website, weightandwellness.com, or you can call the office today at 651-699-3438. Those are two of our most popular classes, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listen, listening that would love to rev up their metabolism before they enter into cookie and cake season. Yes. I came back when Kate and I got here this morning and got into the break room <laughs> and I went to get a glass of water. I came back, and I'm like, Seriously? Already. There are cookie, Christmas cookies over by the water cooler and fruitcake, <laughs> which didn't look good at all, by the way. But And that Nutrition for Young Adults has been so popular. That class has been around for a while, and we just kind of brought it back. And I think Kristen's teaching that
1: one, and Kristen it's, Gunderson. It's such an important one for that age group. Uh, yeah, I To find hear it more from and, somebody else, yeah, right? More and more people or kids are wanting it. And Kristen
2: does a great job. Mm -hmm. She's single. She's fun. She's lively. She knows how to talk to that age group and yet make it fun. Yes. So, okay, we want, you know, there is a caller on the line, and for sake of time, I'm not going to take it, but I am going to answer what I believe is her question. She's wondering about a dairy-free protein shake, and we actually do that at our house now. Um, because we found out of some dairy allergies. So what we do, and I think is just delicious, is a half a cup of coconut milk, you know, the kind you find in the can. So like Thai brand is one of them that's good. Um, Half a cup of that coconut milk, a half a cup of water, a cup of fruit, and then a scoop of egg white protein powder. And the one that we really like, and one of the few I guess I've seen, is j Rob. I know you can get it at Coburn's and you can get it at our office. I haven't seen it many other places. But again, that's a J-Rob egg white protein powder. And that's it. And it's delicious. So let's talk a little bit about supplements, Kate. I know, Mm -hmm. you know, we mentioned the omega 3s when we were talking about food and and healthy fats. The only other thing I want to say, you know, if you if you think you need a real extra boost in that area and want to do a supplement, I don't know what you generally recommend, but I usually start my clients off between 3,000 and 4,000 milligrams a day. Yeah,
1: I'm the same. Pretty Absolutely. standard place. Mm-hmm.
2: And then you want to make sure you get a molecularly distilled fish oil capsule so it's pure and you're not getting any getting any lead or mercury contaminants. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you're getting it from us or through a chiropractor, you can be guaranteed that that's Exactly,
2: happening. exactly. <clears throat>
1: And then another great
2: supplement that actually has omega-3 oils in it and that we do at our house is cod liver oil. The kids and I take a teaspoon every morning. This was my Grandma Rolf's tried-and-true remedy for the cold and flu season. And so far, knock on wood mm. or something, knock on something, it's working <laughs> for us.
1: Looks like for Micah. <laughs> I hope for Micah works too. What a smart grandmother you have. Yes. Um, I'm sure she, she probably knew that that cod liver oil had some omega-3s. But it also has two really important vitamins, vitamin A and D, both of which are really, really important for immunity.
2: Yes. And speaking of vitamin D, that should probably be at the top of the list in terms of supplements that us Minnesotans should ah, take, yeah. right? <laughs> you betcha. To Absolutely. get us through the
1: winter. Minnesotans and all people living in those Midwestern, st- our right. Midwestern states. You know, we make the majority of our vitamin D from the sun, but even if you were outside all day, naked, fall, winter, we wouldn't make enough vitamin D because of how far away that sun is from the earth during these fall and winter months. And besides, you get some serious frostbite if you tried to get your sunshine vitamin that way. Yeah. So it's probably best to either winter in Florida or just take a supplement of vitamin D.
2: Oh, I'd love to pick winter in Florida. <laughs> right. I just called my hair stylist that I hadn't been to for a couple of months, and they said um, she's moving to Florida on Monday. Oh, my. Great. She'll be getting some vitamin D. She will. My budget right now doesn't allow that, but it will allow vitamin D in supplement form. And I actually take a vitamin D supplement year-round in large part because of all the research Dr. Michael Hollick at the yeah. Boston University Medical Center has done, right? Mm. He's kind mm-hmm. of our go-to guy at the office when it comes to the benefits of vitamin D. And he's been really instrumental in making people aware of the health problems caused by low levels.
1: You know, it's important to look at what some of these are because vitamin D is really implicated in just about everything these days. Mm-hmm. But this is what he cites in his research as being associated with a vitamin D deficiency. High rates of certain cancers, like colon and breast cancer, mm-hmm. Those autoimmune diseases like lupus and fibromyalgia, of course, osteoporosis, and seasonal affective disorder, and just, here we go, susceptibility to colds and viruses. So it's key.
2: It's key, like you said, for so many things. When people ask me, well, what does vitamin do again, vitamin D -D 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 do, I say, what doesn't it do? Yes. But I don't know if you've had the same experience, Kate, but I have had so many people in the past couple months come in with osteopenia or osteoporosis, hmm. and I say to them, does that surprise you, you know, or can you look at your your past habits and think, oh, no, I, I see where the osteoporosis came from. And a lot of times people say, no, it surprises me. And then I'll say, did the doctor ask, you know, or your, did the doctor yeah, get your vitamin D tested? Mm-hmm. No. You know, if you don't, and I'm sure there are some doctors out there making that connection, but you can take all the calcium supplements in the world, but if you don't have adequate vitamin D to deposit that calcium in your bone, there comes the osteoporosis. So please, if you haven't done so already, get your vitamin D level checked. Um, And it's good to know your kids' vitamin D levels too.
1: Absolutely.
2: I just had my four-year-olds checked. He is quite low, so we're supplementing, and now I'm trying to... Um, get Marissa in to get hers checked. It's a simple blood test that your doctor can order. An optimal level is between fifty and a hundred for your best immune function.
1: And if you know what it is and it's in that range, then you probably want to supplement with at least two thousand IU's of vitamin D three throughout the winter, just for maintenance. Right,
2: right. Okay, so let's well, that's talk about, vitamin D. That's D. Let's go backwards to C. Okay. A, B, C, D. We're going to go back to vitamin C and the power that that has. And we kind of mentioned it, you know, when we came back from break that time and Kate was talking about some research with vitamin C and cancer. And I think most people know that we need vitamin C to fight off the cold and the flu viruses, but does anyone know why we need it?
1: Well, I think that question of why calls for some research.
2: Absolutely.
1: So research from a journal called Nutrition and Metabolism published in 2006 showed that vitamin C is highly concentrated in our immune cells. So it goes on to say that reduced amounts of vitamin C is directly related to lower immune function.
2: Isn't that interesting? Well. It's highly concentrated in those our immune, immune cells. immune cells love vitamin C. And we want to feed them because mm-hmm. we want to stay healthy. So if you're going to get your vitamin C in supplement form, We typically recommend 1,000 milligrams a day this time of year. But if you want a tasty little side dish to support your immune system, try this. Slice up some tomatoes. Remember, tomatoes have vitamin C. Then slice up some avocado. That would be Mm -hmm. that healthy fat you need to maintain the strength of your cell membranes. And then drizzle it all with a little olive oil and vinegar.
1: Sounds really good. Pretty easy to do as well.
2: It is tasty, and it is so easy, and I have to give credit there where credit is due. That's a little mm-hmm. side dish idea from our boss and, and Dar, great, a cook, great cook, right? Yeah. Dar, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's taught me so much in many areas of my life. and yeah. You know, one of them, uh, when I think of supplements, one that I learned from Dar is to look for body signs for a zinc deficiency when I'm seeing clients.
2: Right, and did you know the data shows that 73% of Americans have a zinc deficiency? Wow, 73%. That's a lot of us. That's a lot of us. So body signs of low zinc can include frequent colds and viruses, acne, slow wound healing, hair loss, white spots on your fingernails, and prostate problems.
1: Yep, so... You know, you can also uh, make sure that you get enough zinc through the food that you eat. Meat and fish are really great sources of this mineral. Absolutely. So have a
2: steak today, maybe some salmon <laughs> at summer, <laughs> summer, right? But if, good. You know, if you have one or more of the body signs of zinc deficiency that I was just mentioning, you probably need a supplement at least for a period of time to restore your body. And we generally recommend starting off at about 30 milligrams yep.
1: Shoot, there's Uh-oh. the music. oh I hear some music. Can
2: you believe we're at the end of the hour? Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Please tune in again next week for another great show. Dar and Anna will be on, and it's Ask the Nutritionist. So oh. start writing down your yep. questions yep. now. I'm ready. Yep, and until then, stay well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>